Ah, oh, damn it. Ugh. What's up, chum? We're back in this void thing again, and I can't triangulate the conspiracy theory I'm about to introduce you to. Why did you say introduce in that weird off-putting way? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Now, I'm going to have to ask you the three standard questions in order to get a fix on this conspiracy theory. Ah, yes. The when, the where, and the what questions. No, I, I need to know how squishy the conspiracy is, how squamous the theory is, and whether the conspiracy theory is a wet or dry mix. Okay. So, fairly squishy? Okay, data entered. It's, I guess it's hardly squamish. Possibly a little more squamish than, say, a mackerel? Good, good. And I guess I'd say this conspiracy theory is a wet mix, like some such a gunpowder on a really good day. Excellent. I mean, you're completely wrong on all three accounts, but if I input this into the travelator, this should at least get us out of this void. Uh, is that thing meant to be there? Ah, when I say run, Run. Uh, am I meant to be following after you? Josh? Josh? <laughs> My, what a big moor you have. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Addison in Auckland, New Zealand. They are Dr. M. Dentith, and you are in Wellington, New Zealand, right? I am indeed. Wellington, New Zealand. There we go. Wellington, New Zealand. Or at least that's what the official documents say. And who are we to disagree with the documents of officials? Well, n n nobody, quite frankly. We're just a couple of nobodies, and we bow to officialdom. That's true. Um, we, are, we are very obedient citizens of the world. Mm, let it be known. Uh, but yes, we are, in, we are in separate cities this week, hence we're back on the Zoom call again with its intended potential drop in quality and, and potential for wackiness when we get out of sync, but hopefully everything will go nicely. Um, now, before we get into the main episode, it, it, it seems um, we've had one of those we've had one of those weird coincidental alignments of, of fate. Because just last week we were telling you about Dr. Dirk Obink, he the, he of the dodgy papyrology, um, and one of the one of the elements of dodginess um, in his resume are these uh, fragments belonging to the poet and philosopher Sappho, which were seen as being a little bit suspect. And I understand that just after we published that episode, there was actually a development in that area. Yes, so within 12 hours of us publishing the episode, so I think within 14 hours of us recording it, there was an update from The Guardian to say that basically the people who have been studying these fragments have withdrawn a chapter in a book on Sappho 
because they're now absolutely convinced that the fragments were obtained illegally and that actually the person who got them is from Turkey and has admitted that he was the person who purchased the fragments. They come from post-1970s Egypt, so after the moratorium on trading antiquities, and the whole story about them being recovered from cartonage or cartonage uh, was a completely fake story. Mm. But the fragments themselves are nevertheless genuine. They are. Yes, it's just that because the provenance is uncertain, bordering on quite illegal. People are going, well, actually, because we A, don't have access to the fragments, and B, they were obtained in the wrong way, we really don't want to associate our scholarship with this material at this time. Mm. Well, there you go. Um, and another thing, G. Gordon Liddy. Now, that's I, I, I kind of associate that name as, as, as a, a comedy, amusing-sounding thing because his first name and his middle name are the same and his last name is Liddy, and that sounds amusing. Um, but he's actually an important figure uh, and especially important for a podcast on conspiracy theories. And dead. What's, what's, what, t tell us about G. Gordon Liddy. So G. Gordon Liddy was one of the masterminds behind the Watergate complex break-in, which of course famously led to the Watergate affair slash scandal, or as the kids would say these days, Watergate-gate, which led to the downfall of the Nixon administration. G. Gordon Liddy was one of the people who didn't flip on President Nixon. He spent time in prison left prison afterwards, became a talk show host, was very fond of threatening violence against his critics and also demanding that people be killed for not being sufficiently patriotic. And yes, has died at the age of 90 in one of those mysterious cases of I thought he was already dead. I was surprised to find out that up until a few days ago, he was still alive. Mm. Well, there we go. That's significant certainly you can't deny that you're right i cannot deny it i have not denied it i don't know why you'd bring that up what denials are you concerned about oh just in general i suppose but as we know as we've established you would never deny anything ever uh i think we're fine that's so, gonna get me into so much trouble somewhere down the line yeah so so unless we have anything else and i don't think we have anything else it's time for the main topic of this episode which I know nothing about. Because mm, it's another what the conspiracy. It's my it's my turn. No, hang on. Is it my turn in the chair or is your turn in the chair? I'm not quite I don't sure. Know. I mean, I am, I am sitting in a I mean, chair. We're obviously both in chairs right now. But in terms of, I mean, you're sort of grilling me and yet I'm probably going to be doing most of the, uh, the point is I'm telling him about something that him may or may not know about. Look, there's only that's one it. way to get us out of this hole and that's is to that play a chime. It's time to play What the Conspiracy. I do like that sting. We might have and to do sting more. Sting likes you. Mm. Might have to do more episodes of this that are only about actually actually sorry audience we have actually thought about the fact that em and i both have a list of topics we've thought of for this this kind of episode but wouldn't really fill up a whole episode and so we're thinking maybe at some stage we'll do a, a sort of what the conspiracy quick fire round sort of episode which would be an excellent excuse to play that sting over and over again and i insist that we do it well your insistence is my demand 
So there we go. Anyway, what the conspiracy indeed. Now, I have a conspiracy for Ian, and I guess we start with the usual things. Give me your best guess as to when, where, and about what this conspiracy is slash was. So the when, I'm going to go for the 17th century, so sometime in the 1600s. Mm -hmm. The where, I'm going to go Africa. And mm -hmm. the, the what or the type, I'm going to go humorous. It's a funny conspiracy theory set in Africa in the 1600s. Well, you're, you're sort of right on one count. Um, hopefully this is a more a more fr a more frivolous one than say you know Ukrainian torture famines or what have you. I mean you do um, know how to pick them. Yeah, uh, but on the other two counts, I'm afraid you're you're a little bit out. Um, the win is starting in 1997 and kind of extending to the present day. The where the, the where is really the internet. Um, the people involved are from the USA, but this is really an internet phenomena, phenomenon. Do, 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 do. And as for the what, now, I may be simply about to announce my own ignorance here, because reading about this, it sounds like this is something that a lot of people knew about and is, and is considered a bit of a classic of the genre, but I'd never heard about it before. So if you have heard about this before, that means you knew about it and didn't tell me, so quite frankly, the whole thing's your fault. Well, I mean, your reasoning seems very, very sound. Mm. So what I would like to talk to you about today is... Time Cube. All right, so mm. yes, this is one of those things that I do know about, and yes, possibly, possibly A, I should have told you about it, and B, didn't someone ask about this on Twitter just the other day? Uh, someone asked about the the the, oh, the, the, the new, new chronology, chronology the and yeah. whether Gary Kasparov is a believer. And the answer is, it's really not entirely clear what Kasparov's view on the new chronology is, other than at some point in the 80s or 90s, he did appear to seriously consider it, but he doesn't seem to have made any statements about it subsequently, and so I think either he's worked out it's not wise to talk about how there's 600 years of history which has just been made up, or he's realised actually it's a really stupid thing to believe. Is he the chess guy, or is that a he different is the chess guy? Okay. Uh, he's the chess guy and notable critic of Vladimir Putin. I think in part because Putin's more of a wrestling guy than he's a chess guy, and mm. also because of the, the crimes. Obviously, yes. I'm sure being openly critical of Vladimir Putin will work out well for him. But anyway... It'll, it'll, not... it'll also work out well for us. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we're here to talk today about timecube.com. I know, website. I'm going to demand that every time you mention the thesis, you have to play the sound effect. So, fine. We're, we're here to talk about the website, which no longer exists in its original form, which was at timecube.com. Um, it was created by a man called Gene Ray, um, who unfortunately died at the age of about 88 in 2015, and then not long after that, his website registration lapsed and the site disappeared, but then it was resurrected uh, with the help of the Wayback Machine um, and now exists at um, 
Time Cube. Dot two enp two enp dot com enp standing for endangered noob productions. And that really rolls off the tongue. That URL. It does. Yes. Yeah, so at the bottom, if you go to, if you go to that URL now, um, there's a little disclaimer down the bottom saying ENP LLC restoration. Thanks to the Wayback Machine for helping restore the site. The site has been changed from its original form in good taste, which I think means they took out the racism. But we'll get to the racism. Oh yes, uh, we will. In loving memory of Dr. Gene Ray, original creator of TimeCube.com. Um, now, yes, this is really a site I should have heard of before because it's it's essentially um, the the urtext of conspiracist websites. If you think if you think of the website of your typical tinfoil hat wearing conspiracist, um, you are probably thinking of something that uses as a template timecube.com. Um, because it was, it was the, it was the original single page, uh, massive block of text, um, enormous, enormous font size, uh, rambling, basically incoherent stream of consciousness, uh, website talking about, it's hard to say what it's talking about, to be perfectly honest. Yes, yeah, so um, it's one of those theories which... I think it probably started off as something somewhat innocuous and yet also quite strange. And then as time went by, it just got bigger, bolder. I wouldn't say better, mm. but it, it, it certainly got. Yes. So to give you an idea of the TimeCube experience, I'm going to start reading from this website from the beginning of it, and I'll stop when one or both of us taps out. <clears throat> in 1884, Meridian Time personnel met in Washington to change Earth time. First words said was that only one day could be used on Earth to not change the one-day marshmallow. So they applied the one day and ignored the other three days. The marshmallow time was wrong then and it proved wrong today. This is a major lie, has so much boring feed from its wrong. No man on Earth has no belly button. It proves every believer on Earth a liar. Children will be blessed for king of educated adults who ignore four simultaneous days same Earth rotation. Practice boring oneness upon earth of quadrants boring adult crime versus youth supports lie of integration one educated are most dumb not one human except dead one man is paired two half for self one of god is only one quarter of god marshmallow a lie and word is lies navel connects four i can i can't do this anymore i think i need to i think i need to take a breath um it does for it actually continues god is born of mother she left belly b signature every priest has ma sign but lies to honor unicorns are you sure this isn't written by dave sim uh, it, it's it's i wouldn't put it past him but um I, i've seen video interviews with this gene ray fellow and he does appear to exist now you may well say um what the hell was that all about and quite frankly, you'd be right too. Um, a lot of what what's what, what what you find on this page kind of defies any sort of rational analysis. But um, in between the the, the, the more uh, impenetrable text, there is the explanations of this theory of the time cube. I don't, Josh. Didn't play the sound. Sorry, of the time cube. There we go. Um, and the idea is that 
the Earth, if you imagine the Earth inside a cube, then um, the, the way time works inside of this cube, or time cube, is that this cube has four faces. The, the top and bottom of the cube, um, as the Earth rotates, the top and bottom don't uh, rotate because the, the axis goes through them, but the four, the four sides of the cube rotate around. And the idea is that within a 24-hour period, within a single rotation of the Earth, there are in fact four days, not one days. Each one of these faces of the cube rotates independently, and so therefore one day contains four days simultaneously. Um, now, I just want then, to point out that none of this makes sense, but I'm willing to ride ride with you to find out where this goes next. Uh, well, it, it, where doesn't it go, quite frankly? Um, I mean, do the, do the sides rotate with or counter the Earth? Uh, with, I assume. Because I mean, um, imagine if they, if they rotated counter the Earth, you could probably make something with the fact that if the Earth rotates in one direction and the sides rotate in the other direction then if you're counting time with respect to the intersection of a side of the cube and a point on the Earth, then there isn't going to be a one-to-one -one match, and thus you're going to get at least two for one. But I don't quite understand if things are just kind of rotating around a fixed point, how it being sphere spherical, cuboid, octagonal, hexagonal, or even triangular does anything at all. Yes, I mean, he... He seems to be saying that if you put the Earth, or indeed anything, inside a cube, then that means it now has Sorry, four sides. Sorry, what kind of cube would that be? Uh, well, if we're talking about its rotation in a 24-hour cycle, that would be a time cube. But um, he, he talks about the face. Your face has four sides, right? It has a front and two sides and a back. Um, and, and it seems to be basically that, that yes, if you if you put something in a cube, then you can sort of say it has four sides, but anyway. But so the point is, every day is actually four days. And anyone, the, the fact that we believe that a day is only one day, um, this, this is an idea that's been foisted upon us by evil academics, uh, evil educators. Right, so I have a feeling the reason why we think a 24-hour period is one day has not been foisted upon the world by people like myself but for the sheer fact it's actually quite convenient to measure a day from sunrise to sunrise again. Uh, well, ah, well, now, you say sunrise to sunrise, but um, with, within the four sides of the time cube, um, each of these four sides represents a different phase. They are midnight, sunup, midday, and sundown. And then those are further divided. The mid midnight and midday are the major phases, and the sunup and sundown are the minors. And then all sorts of things get mapped on to the different phases. Um, in one of his diagrams, you can see midnight uh, is identified with Einstein, and I believe that's a bad thing because he's not a fan of Einstein at all, presumably on account of his one day believing in this. Sun up is identified with Jesus. Midday is identified with Socrates, and sundown is, is identified with Clinton's. Uh, with, a, with a lovely greengrocer's apostrophe in Clinton's as well. Um, but I'm assuming that's Bill and Hillary and, um, and not, and, not well, all the Clintons. I mean, I mean so when, when did he die? Uh, he died 2015. 
So, I mean, Chelsea could be in there as well. I mean, let's, well, let's, let's extend the yep. franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yes, as we saw, the very first thing he says that in 1884, Meridian Time personnel met in Washington to change Earth time. So there is there is, um, there is a justification for us talking about this on a conspiracy podcast because he does believe there is some sort of a conspiracy has been enacted in the past to make us all believe that there is, in fact, one day every 24 hours instead of four days every 24 hours. Um, and this continues to be taught to us to this day. Um, he claims that uh, academia can't prove him wrong, though. So they try to either ignore him or shut him down, and they won't. They 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 won't. They won't countenance his views because they know he's right, and and they can't prove him wrong, and that's why they won't let him talk. Apparently, he was invited to talk at MIT on more than one occasion, but I'm not sure that he ever actually took them up on this. Um, he says that, uh, yes, people who believe in one day are oneists, spelt capital O-N-E, uh, lowercase i-s-t-s. So, yes, Einstein was a oneist. Um, so, presumably, being being in the midnight quadrant is not a good thing. We'll come back to that. Well, you do um, know that one is the loneliest number. Well, he says one one doesn't exist, essentially. Um, everything is, exists in pairs or antipodes. You have midnight, midday, uh, sun up, sun down. Um, again, oh, yeah, this I'm, is actually I'm, getting awfully close to my, to my personal conspiracy theory that mathematicians want to deny the, the existence of one as a prime number. Well, and frankly, also... I, frankly I, I, I find it disgusting that modern math is denying the primeness of one. Mm. Uh, well, we'll get to one later as well. But um, as you read down the site, um, I did a quick word count. The current site uh, runs to around 8,500 words. Uh, that, that, that's a decent essay. That's a, that's a dissertation, pretty much. A master's dissertation, is it? Almost? Oh, no. Maybe a bit, 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 yeah, bit bigger than a master's essay. Yeah, you'd think 16,000 for a, mm. a, a small master's. Yes, but a... But a um, so certainly, the essays I used to have to write were around, got up to 6,000 words, so it's bigger than one of them. But anyway, and so as you go through them, obviously, he talks a lot. Uh, you can see yeah, this is something that's just been added to from 1997 all the way up to around 2015. Um, and he goes through all sorts of things. But as you go through, you do see um, you do see a few sort of common themes, a few sort of, sort of motifs that pop up. Um, now, you heard me... That first little bit, he keeps talking about belly buttons or sometimes just abbreviated to belly B. Uh, so one of the themes that shows up is, is quite a sort of anti-religionist one. He does appear to be quite opposed to religion. Um, he, he, he doesn't like the idea of God particularly, I think because God is, is meant to be one when everything is actually um, is actually uh, peers or antipodes. Yeah, he, um, should have so been. he should have been Catholic, then at least he'd get three. Well, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that belly buttons, I assume he's talking about the Bible. Adam and Eve didn't have them, did they? But everyone else does. And so I think the fact that we all have belly buttons means there's no God, or I'm not sure. Uh, he does have the lovely sentence, it is the absolute verifiable truth and proven fact that your belly button signature ties to viviparous mama. Uh, I had to look it up, viviparous, viviparous, probably viviparous, uh, is a word which means basically uh, life-carrying. Uh, viviparous is the property of an organism that, that, that gestates young inside it and gives birth. Um, 
you also, I think, would have heard me in that initial initial blurge, um, the the phrase marshmallow and marshmallow. Yes, I time. was I was going to bring up the marshmallows because they're. I think it's even in the first sentence. Mm. So the marshmallow, he's he doesn't spell this out specifically, but I assume. He talks about marshmallow time um, as being the alternative view to the time cube. Um, and so I'm assuming he's talking about so people who believe there's only a single day rather than believing a cube around the earth imagine something, you know, a, a cylindrical a cylindrical prism, basically a marshmallow shape, which has essentially a single face rather than having the four faces of a time cube. So he's not a fan of the marshmallow. He occasionally talks about burritos as well. And I'm guessing that a burrito is also sort of a cylindrical shape. So I think that's what he's going on about when he talks about burritos. He also mentions a taco. And I, I, I don't know what the taco is about. I think God is a taco. But I'm yeah that at that that point that point he he really lost me like like more lost me more than the baseline baseline lost me that you get reading this thing that was really he really lost me but he's he's um dead set against marshmallow time he says if a man cannot tear a page from the marshmallow and burn it then he cannot be a scientist or participate in symposium sorry. Tear a page from the marshmallow. Yes, you must tear I, a page from the marshmallow and burn it. So I know you can burn a marshmallow because of the kind of their sugary confectionery mm. state, but I don't know about you, but I've never consumed a marshmallow that has pages in it or consists of pages. Mm. Uh, but do you participate in symposium? I do a lot. Mm. I'm I'm a philosopher. It's all we do. Well, I mean, apparently I'm, you can't. I'm 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 symposing with you right now. Mm. Well, apparently you can you can't participate in symposium if you haven't torn a page from the marshmallow and burnt it. So I'm assuming that's something you must have done at some stage. Well, I mean, just if didn't that, notice. Yeah, if that definition is correct, then I have torn a page from the marshmallow. Right. Mm. I'm, I might be about to update my epitaph. So for a long time, I've said my epitaph should be not actually dead, now living in Arkansas. Maybe my epitaph should now be tore a page from the marshmallow. And burnt it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Um, he talks about unicorns a bit. And again, I don't quite get... I, I, th I think unicorn is just the whole oneness thing again. The one horn of the unicorn, a unicorn is, 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 is about oneness and is therefore bad. I'm assuming it's not in the more, uh, the more modern sort of internet usage of unicorn being sort of something that is, that is supposedly so rare it's hardly ever seen. Um, and he, he also he talks about things being boring a lot. That's that's one of his key insults. People who believe in oneness are boring, and I think he, he sort of imbues the word boring with a lot more a lot more malice than we would we would normally think of when you describe something as being boring. Um, so I found I, I think that the phrase that stood I, I, I'll be honest I haven't actually read through all 8,500 words of the thing I've sort of read up and down and skipped around a bit um, but there was one section that popped out because I think it covers just about every base um, and I'm afraid you'll have to excuse a little bit of ableist language at one point um, they, that, that's something they didn't remove when they uh, sanitized the site but um, that aside it's, it's quite a good encapsulation of the whole thing because he says, 
Till you know four simultaneous days rotate in same 24 hours of Earth, you don't deserve to live on Earth. Americans are actually retarded from religious academia taught oneism upon an Earth of opposite poles covered by Mama Hole and Papa Pole pulsating opposite burritos. The oneist educated with their flawed one-eye perspective, opposite eyes overlay, Cyclops mentality inflicts non-pulsating logos as a fictitious unicorn same burrito transformation. I stand by every word of that, except I have the, to say, um, I, that it was a masterful reading of a text which would have been very hard to pass at the best of times. Mm. But it, it's actually, it's a little bit, uh, did you ever do 20th century French? Back in I didn't do, well, I, mean, I, I wrote my MA thesis on Pierre Dehard. Oh, you did, 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 yes, you did, yeah. yes, you did. So you remember, um, oh God, is it Baudrillard? No. Who's the, who's the one who talked about, who talked about the, uh, letter A, uh, Difference. Oh. Was that Hi, you're listening to the podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy, where two people who did 20th century French philosophy over 20 years ago are desperately trying to remember the name of someone that Robert Wicks mentioned to them in passing in a corridor. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's Derrida. Um, it, it, it's actually reminding me of some of that when you sort of see he, he talked about um, the the sort of if it's if it's Derrida that I'm thinking of, he was the one who talked about how um, literal speech and associative speech uh, and figurative speech are actually all the same, whereas we normally treat literal speech as being sort of primary. And so in his philosophical essays, he would sort of ramble, he would sort of free associate as he would go through things and he'd be sort of talking about this word he invented, difference, as opposed to difference. It's spelt with an A instead of an E. And he'd sort of start talking about pyramids because he was talking about the letter A because that's the difference between his his um, word and the usual word, and then immediately starts talking about pyramids because the pyramid is the shape of a capital A, and then starts talking about tombs, and it appears to be sort of rambling, but if you can actually sort of get your head around it, you can sort of see where it's going. And so you're looking at this when you start when you start thinking about the things, you can sort of see, okay, cyclopses, you've got unicorns, you've got one as an okay, so anytime we've got anything that could be construed as being sort of singular, that's bad, and that's how that goes, and so on and so forth. I have to say, though, uh, Mama Hole and Papa Pole pulsating opposite burritos is some shit-hot porn, and uh, frankly, I'm a little, I'm glad there are no children listening to this. Well, I mean, if we if we had the budget to have animations associated with this podcast for the video version, that's definitely something that needs to exist as an infographic. Mm. But yes, now that I think of it, I do possibly need to update my epitaph to inflicted static non-pulsating logos as a fictitious unicorn same burrito transformation. I think that sums up quite, quite ably uh, all that my life has been about. Yes, this is one of these topics where... I'm actually surprised we haven't talked about Time Cube in the past. Sorry, mm. so what's the topic we haven't talked about in the past? Uh, that would be Time Cube. Mm. So, yeah, because it, it is one of those things where I, I, when you mentioned it, I thought, I thought we had mentioned this in the past. But no, we've talked about the new chronology. We have not mentioned the aforementioned... Time cube. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there are a few other... He sort of extends this into other areas. He talks about mathematics. Um, he's a firm believer... Now, this, this, this was one of the things that I think should strike a, uh, should strike a chord with you. Um, he's a man 
close to your heart when it comes to the number one, only he thinks that negative and positive, positive numbers are completely separate things. So it's incredibly wrong and foolish and evil to say that negative one times negative one equals positive one. The idea of two negatives making a positive, that's, that's just completely out the window and entirely wrong. Um, I assume negative one times negative one is just negative one in his reading. I would, didn't quite get that far through it. We well, yeah, um, have to assume. I mean, if you think if one times one is one, and negative one times negative one would be negative one if you take it to be a completely different numerical sequence, mm. then the question is if they're separate, can you times negative one with one? Presumably you can't. I don't, yeah, that's a weird one. But again, I think this is another one of sort of his antipodes. They're two opposing forces, and so you can't have them swapping places or anything. No, um, I mean, that would probably seen, take the pulsating tacos right out of orbit. It, it really would. So as we've seen, um, the topic of religion comes up, and he's not a fan. Um, and and I think the other, the other main theme that we see is that anyone who disagrees with him um, is evil, is boring, is foolish, is stupid... Um, and and deserves no less than to be spat upon at every opportunity. Um, I think an interesting passage that uh, that illustrates this bit of it, plus a bit of the whole rest, um, starts with, "You snot brains will know hell for ignoring time cube. I do not promote or suggest anyone kissing you." But you are unfit to live on Earth. Binary life force is more powerful than one god, especially the old dead Taco, for which you've denounced your own mother and father. One side brain can't reason without the opposite side. Americans are so dumb, educated, brilliant, and boring, they have snot for brain. Believers have snot brain. Educated have snot brain. God worship only needs a snot brain, but it takes opposite brain analysis to no harmonic life. No truer word has ever been said. Mm. And so, I mean, you could go, I'll, I'll give you that URL again because it was a bit of a mouthful. We'll put it in the notes or something probably. Um, it is timecube.2enp.com. And you can go there and get, get the full experience for yourself if you haven't already. Um, that I, I think that's a that's possibly a good bit of the um, the content, but maybe we could also talk a little bit more about the man behind it, Mr. Gene Ray. Now, back when this this uh, website was was live and existed at timecube.com, um, Mr. Ray also ran websites called AboveGod.com, The Greatest Thinker, and The Wisest Human. Um, and those all basically referred to him. Uh, he is the greatest thinker. He is the wisest human, and he is indeed above God. Because, um, yeah, he, he had a fairly high, his opinion of himself was as high as his opinion was low of the people who disagreed with him, if you see what I mean. Um, but the, it could be argued that um, maybe he wasn't the nicest of human beings. I mean, he was born in 1927, so it's probably to be expected that his views are not as, as progressive as someone from the modern days. But um, as I implied before, it seemed there was a bit, a, a bit more racism in the original um, 
in the original incarnation of his website, which has since been removed in the new version. Uh, so again, as you can imagine, probably if he's if he if he's about dividing things into um into into binary opposites and the idea that these things uh, shouldn't mix, then yes, the idea of the mixing of races was was uh, something he was not in favour of. The whole uh, when I talked about the before about how he divided things into the four quadrants: midnight, sunup, midday, and sundown. He also divided. Uh, the four races, in quote marks, being black, white, Indian, and Chinese, um, into the into the quadrants, and um, it probably won't surprise you to uh, to learn that he put whites at midday and blacks at midnight, um, and the other two in the middle. Um, he he used the word queer a lot, and not in a complimentary way, although. It wasn't. It was never quite clear when he talked about things being queer whether that was sort of a homophobic slur, and he was sort of saying this is gay and therefore bad, or if he was actually so old-fashioned that he was using the word queer in its more in its older sort of strange and therefore bad way. But nevertheless, this, it's this not, is a rather a great skew situation. I would describe it as being a little bit skewif or even a little bit queer. Mm. Yes, I'm not quite sure there. Um, and obviously, his um, his binary notion of everything uh, translated into fairly binary notions of gender. Um, he talked about you know you you have you have the man woman binary, the mother father binary, the son daughter binary. In fact, he even got his his four quadrants in there: mother father are the two primaries, and then son and daughter are the two secondary quadrants. So um, certainly certainly not at all uh, progressive in that sense either. Um, so the only other thing I think to be said about this, and it's more of a question really, um, first of all, was he being serious? And the answer from what I've seen is we're not quite sure how much of it was a result of, of, of just sort of him pulling the internet's collective leg, um, and how much of it was just... Uh, some genuine attempts to explicate what he thought was some sort of a world-shattering view that he had, he had come upon and uh, wanted to share with the rest of the world. Um, there's also been the suggestion that was, was there perhaps some sort of mental illness at play here? Is this some sort of a, the results of some sort of a schizophrenic kind of a worldview? And again, we don't know as far as I'm aware. He was never diagnosed with anything, but that is something that people who have looked at the website said that possibly there are signs of. But um, he is uh, six years in the ground, so we're not really in any state to, um, to, make, to make speculation there. And that, I think, is all that I have to say on the topic of Time Cube. A topic which is very timely indeed. And that, yes, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it in the past, so I'm really glad you've brought it to our attention. Mm. Um, and yes, I think... I th I think that that's probably a good place to stop this episode. Uh, but, well, to stop the main body of this episode, because, of course, we now need to do our usual spiel about um, the fact that you can become a patron if you want. And if you are a patron, you get access to all sorts of goodies. What's this week's goodies, Dr. Dentith? 
This week's goodie is a discussion of a series of articles at bbc.com and The Guardian about a University of Edinburgh professor who has been entrapped by an NGO looking into war crimes in Syria. And it's a rather bizarre story where I actually don't think anyone comes out as looking particularly good. Mm. Yes, we kind of have a conspiracy theorist who ends up being conspired against. And yes, we'll, uh, we, we don't want to give details away here, but yeah, it's not a good look, basically. Um, but if you would like to take a good look at this, uh, this, this issue um, and you're a patron, then you're in luck because that's what you're uh, going to get straight after this episode. Um, if you'd like to become a patron, then just go to patreon.com and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy and you can become one for as little as a dollar a month and it goes towards our sort of hosting costs and getting all sorts of neat gear like our magical podcasting uh box with with dials and knobs and stuff on it that make us able to do all sorts of amazing things uh not what i've been using to go time cube but had we been um actually would that have worked if we'd recorded this together could i have given you a sound effect made you promise not to listen to it and, yeah, and so stuck you, it on the you, thing so you could have given me the sound effect on the day mm. and just have it as a unnamed file i could have uploaded it to the device and then you could say, don't press the button, I'll listen through, so I take my headphones off, and yeah, it would have been absolutely fine. Mm, well, there we go, it could have even been more of a technological technological uh, marvel. And I, but by the way, I do um, agree with, with well, what I assume was the precedent you just started there of referring to it as the device, and I think we should do that from now on. Yes, yes, I think, um, I think it is the device. We don't want to be accused of advertising. No, no. Um, yes, so I mean that's that's one thing that our patrons, our, our patron funds have paid for. They've paid for the uh, webcam that I'm using right now in this Zoom uh, Zoom call. And I should probably point out that um, if you want to, you can go to my YouTube channel where my, my username is Monkey Fluids, where you can see video versions of all of this. So you can you can you can hear all of the stuff you're hearing right now, but get to see our faces move at the same time. It's like magic. It is literally magic. Um, and I think that's all. Have you any, any final words? No, I'm afraid to say that I was trying to find an excuse to do... To do. But I'm afraid to say that whenever you press the button to make... Time Cube. It was just a better option every time. Mm, well, there we go. Well, then in that case, um, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Time Cube. And, and it's goodbye from G. Gordon Liddy. Thank God he's dead. You've been listening to Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, hosted by Josh Addison and M. Dentith. If you'd like to help support us, please find details of our pledge drive at either Patreon or Podbean. If you'd like to get in contact with us, email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com. Time Cube.